very good morning to you. Welcome to the show. The Back Nine Boys Golf Show is brought to you each week by Mizuno Golf Reach Beyond by CPOMS. Become a member and enjoy the Miracle Practice Facility. By Club Car, the global leader in golf utility and fun personal vehicles. By RSM, proud sponsor of the RSM Classic, giving back here to our communities. And by Bridgestone Golf, check out the new Tour B golf balls. On the show today, we're going to talk with Daniel Ox Hokut of Oxercise about training every day, what he suggests that we all do, and what happens when we don't hydrate. Then we'll talk with Dr. Brian Paxton of Restoration Spine and Sport about how your spine really affects your swing. And then we'll talk live with Jason Bale, uh, Director of Instruction at Jupiter Hills Club, about how the baseball swing is very similar to your golf swing. So the question today from Daniel is, have you trained today? Well, that's what he asks every day to his clients, and I had a chance to talk with Ox about exercise and the biggest misconception about working out with a trainer. Well, the biggest misconception would be uh, how hard it is. It's not hard to train, it's just hard to manage the time to put the training in. So you buy or you, pur you purchase the services of a personal trainer to have a security card of fitness with you at all times, an, an extra set of eyes, someone who's got that, that drive that you may not have. Uh, so the purpose is simple, simply accountability. That's what the trainer's there for. And before you start working with somebody, whether it be on the phone or interview, what do you need to know from them about why they want to come and hire you to help them train? Well, first I need to know their medical history. I need to know their background. Uh, that happens before I can touch or work with them at all. Once we have an understanding of their medical history, then we can move forward with a rational program that's going to that's going to help them achieve their fitness goals. So. I would come to you and I would say, okay, I want to lose weight, which obviously means diet, nutrition, but I also want to get stronger for being able to play the game of golf better than I do now. Well, then if you came to me wanting to lose weight and get stronger, then I'd have to uh, have you understand the principles of training. When you lose weight, you lose strength because you don't have the additional body weight. So we actually would have you put a little bit of weight on in the beginning so that you could gain strength so that when you drop the weight back down you're a little bit stronger than you were earlier so it's just a hit or miss it's it's just putting stuff together the right way and doing it the right way how many times do you recommend that somebody comes to you to use your services is it two or three times a week or does it depend on what you do during the time that they're with you it's really up to the individual and their time management skills uh, I've got clients who see me once a week. Obviously, not as a lot is going to happen in once a week, but they do have homework uh, to keep up with at least four days when I'm not with them. I have people who are with me every day of the week, five days a week. So a good trainer would be accessible at all times, and I think that's very important for my clients to know when they work with me. All right, gaining strength is one thing. Cardio is another way to kind of lose weight but also be more active. How much cardio do you recommend every day that somebody does? I recommend everyone walk 30 minutes a day. It's just a theory and, and it changes your life. It's just helpful. Uh, a lot of people can't get that 30 minutes in. Uh, if you have a hard time doing things like that, 
uh, park farthest away from the stores during the holiday season. Get the extra walking in when you can. Me personally, I'm at our grocery store, local grocery store, three to four times a day walking the length of the parking lot, the full length of the store, and back out just so I can get extra cardio in. So you can do it. You just have to accumulate the time over the day. And cardio doesn't necessarily mean running. You could walk at a pretty good pace. Exactly. Just keep your heart rate up. Uh, you want to use the old method of being able to carry on a conversation while you're walking to where your voice isn't broken, your pattern's not broken, but you're carrying on a smooth conversation while you're breathing heavy. So if you're walking or trying to run and all of a sudden your voice cracks and kind of goes up and down, that means you're probably going too fast. Too fast. Yeah, slow it down just a little bit. And, and that's just a simple way to keep up with it because I, I don't use little gidgets and gasmos nowadays. I just use old-fashioned methods that I learned. But a lot of people are using the wristwatches that keep your heart rate to look at your steps and do those kind of things. But just a 30-minute kind of brisk walk every day will do wonders for whatever they want to achieve. Exactly. And it, and it may not be 30 minutes consecutively. It's three 10-minute walks. It's two 15-minute walks. Or it could be uh, added up over a, through the day throughout time. See, that's what a lot of people probably don't understand. And, you know, I, when you say you got to walk 30 minutes a day, and I say, well, all right, I don't want to do 30 minutes a day. But you just said you could break it up into three 10-minute walks, which would do the same, or would it take longer to get your heart rate up? Uh, it would not do the same, but it would still give you the 30 minutes that you need for time management. Uh, personal training is a lot about time management. That's why people hire me, so that they can get in and get out in a substantially shorter amount of time. One of the things you and I were talking about was you said you've had clients for 10, 15 years and they keep coming back every week because you keep it fresh. And I got to tell you, every time I come, it is fresh and it's different and we're not doing the same. Well, I try to because I, I was told a long time ago by having a, a private studio or doing work in people's homes, they'd get bored over time. And I, I take statements like that as challenges. And when I started my business, I, I promised myself I wouldn't let that happen. And by keeping the clients the amount of time I have them, it, it to me says a lot that I'm able to do that in small areas. All right. If someone was to come to you and train for a couple of days a week and they asked you, all right, I want to do some stuff at home, what do I need equipment-wise to work out at home without spending a king's budget? I, don't need money at all. Uh, you could do body weighted exercises and get started that way. And then eventually, once the bug catches and you, and you get more into it, you'll add to your collection of, of workout equipment and then you'll grow your own home gym. But until then, you, you can get by with calisthenics, uh, squats, bench presses, sit ups, things like that. Herschel Walker couldn't afford a gym fee, so he did push ups, sit ups, and crunches to get himself into shape and look where he is nowadays. Yeah, he's. Pretty good workout, yeah. Um, how long should someone, if they're coming a couple of times a week, expect to see some results? I tell people not to expect to see visually in the mirror the results for at least six months. Set, be real. The first three months, your friends will see the changes. Six months, you'll start to see change in your clothes. By the ninth month, you'll start to see the physical changes in your face and stuff like that because you see yourself every day. It's hard to see changes right away. You just have to promise and uh, you have to have patience in the process. We've talked about hydration. Many people, a higher percentage than should be, are not hydrated enough. 
what happens to people's bodies? I know I told you that when I got done with golf, I drive home and I'm really stiff. And you said you weren't hydrated enough during the time you were playing and afterwards. So what are the effects of not being hydrated? Uh, it just dehydrates the muscles. Uh, muscles are made up of fibers or they're like fibers. So they can become brittle and frail and, and break. Uh, much like your hair if it becomes dry. So you have to keep those those muscle fibers, um, you have to keep them lubricated. You have to keep water there, keep hydrated so that they stay fresh and they're active, especially when you're playing golf or any activity. Um, you just have to stay hydrated. Well, give us your website so our listeners can go to it, get better informed about what you do and what they can do. My website is exercise.com. The best way to keep up with me is through Instagram, where I send out my accountability post uh, every day asking the question, have you trained today? So if you're having a question about fitness, you can contact me through that. That is Daniel Ox Hokut of Exercise, and he will always ask you, have you trained today? Next up is Dr. Brian Paxton of Restoration Spine and Sport. We're going to find out more about how important that spine is in our golf swing. But I've got a question. How do you spell pizza? I spell it with two letters, C-J and the N-E-S, C-Js, so it's three. But when you drive over the causeway, what is one of the first things you think about? Usually around 4.30, it's what am I going to have for dinner? And I suggest C-J's Italian restaurant. They've got the deep dish. It's great. It's incredible. Thin crust is also good, made fresh every day with fresh ingredients. They're elect. Electric decor and friendly customer service welcomes you into their place across from Parker's on Mallory Street. CJ's Italian restaurant also serves salads with freshly made salad dressings, subs. Check out their entire menu at cjsitalianrestaurant.com where you can dine in or take out. CJ's is locally owned by Graham and Ada Owens. CJ's an island favorite for over 30 years. Hey, everybody, this is John Bell from Widespread Panic, and you are rocking with the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. Yes, we are rocking and rolling on this uh, morning. Uh, how important is your spine, speaking of rocking, during your golf swing? Well, let's find out from Dr. Brian Paxton of Restoration Spine and Sport. Good morning, Brian, and welcome to the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. Good morning, Rich. Thanks for having me. It's great to be on. It is a pleasure. First off, I want our listeners, I mean, you've got a great name for your business, but what is Restoration Spine and Golf? So Restoration Spine and Golf is restoring and improving the function and movement of the human body to allow golfers to play their game pain-free and with improved performance. So I utilize innovative manual therapies, and neuromuscular re-education to achieve this. In order to improve your golf swing and have it be pain-free, uh, what do you recommend as far as someone using your services? As far as how many times do you want them to come to you? Well, every individual is different, so I, I say every individual is N equals one. Uh, so it's dependent on you know, how many different issues they have that may be contributing to the dysfunction of their musculoskeletal system. But, you know, we can get we can get stark improvement in one session, Rich. Okay, that's important. So what's the difference between the type of spinal manual therapy that you use on your clients and regular physical therapy or chiropractic care? Great question. So the 
particular spine manual therapy that I utilize is, is Dutch in origin. Uh, two Dutch physiotherapists invented this, uh, this treatment philosophy and technique. And basically what it is, is, is the spine joints. There are 24 movable segments in the spine, these facet joints that should all distribute the loads and forces through the spine as we move, as we rotate, as we bend right. forward, backward. So what happens is we have certain segments that lose the normal motion and function due to a neuromuscular reflex called the arthrokinetic reflex. So what's unique about this manual technique that I use to restore function to the spine is we're treating this neuromuscular reflex, traditional physical therapy, chiropractic, osteopathic manipulation uh, doesn't address this reflex. Hmm. Okay. And why is this so important to your golf swing? I mean, a lot of people really don't know what is and when are they in good golf posture so they're not going to hurt themselves, especially in their lower back. Well, it's extremely important to have, you know, good curvature in the, in the lumbar spine. So what we typically see with our golf population is we see that the lumbar spine becomes overarched in the lower back. Okay. And when that happens, we have excessive loading of these facet joint capsules. And over time, that can cause injury to the capsule, which then initiates this reflex that begins to limit the motion at many of these segments. So okay. now as you're rotating through your golf swing, you can't distribute the forces and loads throughout all of these different segments. So you have focal areas that begin to take on too much stress. So you can have, you know, disc herniations. You can actually have pain from the injury of the joint. You can irritate nerves and have sciatic type symptoms. So there are a lot of things that can go wrong when you lose the function of your spine because you then have to compensate everywhere, everywhere else in your body for that lack of spine motion. All right. At a lot of the pros, uh, when you hear somebody's withdrawn or somebody has, you know, not going to this tournament, they're having some back issues. That seems to be, from what I've heard, one of the, besides the knees, but the back seems to be one of the biggest issues as far as injuries to these pro golfers who are just trying to kill the ball almost on every swing. Yeah, it's the biggest, uh, along with amateur golfers as well. Yeah. So, it's extremely important that, you know, we, we do have correct posture position and then we have the, the function of all of those segments that they can all move uh, because our, our spine was designed to, again, you know, distribute those loads and forces. So when you're lacking motion at many of those segments, it's usually just a matter of time before you're going to start to have pain, but you'll immediately have a reduction in your range of motion, your ability to rotate your ability to bend. So you'll, you'll notice, you know, that you have stiffness with certain movement patterns right, right. In, in particular, your golf swing. Right. So how do we know that we're in the correct golf posture? I mean, you know, we go out there, we're playing well, we're really not thinking about, we just think we're in the right posture we, and we may not be. So how That's do we know when it's right? Great question. Well, we, we know video is extremely helpful, but just, you know, having the basic understanding of that the lumbar spine 
as we bend forward to set up to the golf ball, the lumbar spine should be bending right forward. We call this lumbar flexion, not extending the opposite direction, which would be overarching that lower back. Okay. So having that understanding, but then actually having the joints being able to move to allow you to do that is key. So video is helpful. Uh, your, your golf instructor becomes extremely important in monitoring that. And, uh, you know, obviously your physical therapist needs to be able to restore that and teach you the correct patterning on bending. Cause you know, we don't just bend to set up to the golf ball rich, but we're bending all day to pick stuff up. So we want to do it correctly using our abdominals. We should feel tension, slight tension build up in the abdominals when we bend correctly. If we do it incorrectly with too much extension in the lumbar spine, we'll we will feel the back muscles engage and those abdominal muscles aren't really working at that point. All right. So are we supposed to bend at the waist with our spine forward and then stick our butt out, so to speak? Because a lot of instructors will say, pretend you're sitting on a chair, or should we stick our butt out and then bend over? Great question. You know, when, when you're first relearning the correct flexion pattern of the lumbar spine, I suggest, you know, first getting the, the initial bend, the, essentially the first 30 degrees of bend first, and, and then hinging from the hips. Because if you hinge from the hips okay. first, what I typically see is you'll go right into that lumbar extension pattern. Right. After you've done it and practiced it and really drilled it in and it becomes a, a habit, you know, you can then have a better flow in your, in your pre-shot routine and flow right into the setup and combine the flexion with the hinging pattern. Well, I know you've got a website. I don't want to forget, but I want you to give us your website uh, so our listeners can go to it because what you're saying as far as the golf swing could help prevent injuries or prevent the injuries they've already had to go further and plus have a chance to come to you to get it fixed. That's correct. And also improve performance as well because, you know, if you're locked up in your spine, you may not be having pain yet, but your performance is definitely going to be hindered. So, you can find me at restorationspinesportamelia.com. You can find me on Facebook and LinkedIn. As Brian Paxton. Brian Paxton on LinkedIn or okay. also Restoration Spine and Sport, Restoration Golf. Okay. On Facebook and LinkedIn, Rich. Okay. So when people come to you after they've looked you up and everything, I'm sure one of the things that you go through, because you and I kind of talked about it, we went through a short session what yes. stretches do you recommend prior to playing? Because a lot of guys, man, I just drove up. I didn't have time to take a swing. You know, I've got I've to hurry up and get to my tee time. They just drive up, get the clubs, go to the tee, and then don't understand why they, they're not stretched out because they haven't taken the time. Yeah, great question. If you're, if you're limited on time, you know, what I suggest is moving the joints of the spine through their full range of motion in the pelvis. So what it looks like and a lot of people have seen something similar if they've ever done yoga but we're rolling the pelvis forward arching the lower back and then rolling the pelvis back under and flexing so we're going back and forth and you can do this in the golf cart okay and then to facilitate rotation of the pelvis and the hips 
what we want to do is stand. You're going to put your, your weight predominantly on your front leg and your, your back leg is basically going to be a kickstand like on a bicycle. And you put your hands on your pelvis and just work on rotating that pelvis over the fixed leg here in front, back and forth. And this is a great activity because you'll actually warm up the muscles of the lower body and, and the hips and begin to facilitate that rotation. So these are two great activities that you can do, you know, one in the cart, one while you're standing on the tee, uh, waiting to tee off. Does standing up and then pretending to sit down maybe five or six times, is that also part or could that be part of your pre-round workout? Yeah, that's a great way to just warm up the lower body, gotcha. but you'll, you'll find that with that standing rotation, Rich, uh, you'll you'll feel a very good warm up in your lower body and hip muscles as well. So when someone comes to you and you've gone through your assessment, what is the most common assessment as far as what they need to improve? So typically, uh, most of my golfers, they're lacking in the lower lumbar flexion, meaning they can't bend at L4, 5, and 5, 1. Those are extremely important joints because at L5, S1, that's where we should get most of our bending. So when you lose the bending capability, you lose the rotation as well because these are coupled motions. What I also find is, is restriction in hip rotation, uh, typically restriction in hip internal rotation. So, you know, we're going to address that as well as the spine because the hips, as we know, are extremely important in the golf swing. And back injuries, lower back, whatever it is, take a while when you do injure them. Uh, some people come back a little bit too quick. Yeah, that's correct. It's kind of like a sprained ankle, Rich. You know, if you, if you sprain your ankle, your, your orthopedic physician or your PT or, you know, your, your Cairo, they're going to recommend that you have a period of, of rest before you go back out and jog on that ankle. It's no different when you injure the spine. You, you have to give it a little time to heal, but you do want to move those joints. And that's where a lot of people get in trouble is they, they stop using those joints that are injured and then they begin to compensate when they get back to swinging the golf club. Yeah, and that becomes an issue because sometimes, as we just said, some people come back too quick and they don't stretch properly, um, all important. Give us the website again, Brian, please. Yeah, it's restorationspinesportamelia.com, and uh, you can reach me at 904-441-2667. My home base is Amelia Island. I treat St. Simons Island. I treat in Jupiter, Florida as well. So uh, you can can see me in any of those, those three locales. Well, Brian, thank you for being with us. Uh, I learned a lot. I hope our listeners did as well. And I hope uh, you can help a lot of us golfers, especially as we get a little bit older. We need a little bit more stretching. Yeah, these young golfers have stiff backs too. You'd be surprised, Rich. <laughs> I would be. I would be. You're right. Brian, thank you. Have a great day. All right. You too, Rich. All right. Dr. Brian Paxton uh, talking about how important it is to stretch, how to uh, make sure that your spine is in the correct position. Uh, we just want to thank him for, for being with us. Well, how is your baseball swing similar to your golf swing? Well, we're going to find out that answer from Jason Bale. He's got it, and uh, he'll be next on the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. This is Crunchy Pete. I caddy for the great Keith Mitchell, and you're listening to 
Back Nine Boys on ESPN Radio Savannah. And welcome back. I'm Rich Stiles. We're glad you're with us. Our next guest is uh, Jason Bale, Director of Instruction at Jupiter Hills Club. Good morning, Jason, and welcome to the show. Good morning, Rich. How are you? I am wonderful. I understand you're on a boat in the Keys right now. I'm on the uh, Sandy Toes with Captain Elmo and Jess, and uh, it's my wife's 40th birthday, so we ran down here to Key Largo to... to, uh, uh, get away from everything, and we're doing a little fishing this morning. So well, we want to give a shout-out to these guys because they've been awesome. That's awesome, and uh, we want to uh, obviously give a shout-out to how the baseball swing is similar to our golf swing. You've been you've been looking at Instagram and uh, Facebook too much, haven't you, Rick? You betcha, and I got a picture of you up on uh, with a baseball bat, so yes. Yeah, that was done with a photo shoot we did for Golf Magazine uh, in Pinehurst recently, um, and we were really talking about uh, in the. It'll probably come out in an article, I'm sure, this spring. But uh, talking about the rotational factors in baseball, the sequence: uh, torso second, lead arm uh, third, and then uh, golf club or bat fourth, and uh, just kind of how the rotational factors. Jason, are you still with us? I know you may be on that boat, but we're having trouble hearing you at this point. We seem to be kind of disconnected. We'll try and get back to him and be connected again. But first, let me just talk about Mizuno. Mizuno Golf has always had the best irons in the game. Check out what's coming up. It'll be out in February, March. Their new clubs, their new irons, their new drivers, all their new clubs, wedges, and everything. So you can check out everything that you need at MizunoGolf.com. And then you check out Mizuno. Check out all their new clubs. As I said, they'll be coming out. they got new bags. they got new everything coming out. And we want you to know that nothing feels like Mizuno. So reach beyond with MizunoGolf.com. We're trying to get up with Jason Bale, who is on a boat, which sometimes the connections may not be as well as we would like them, as he's traveling out in the Keys. Um, cell service, I don't know how it is out in the ocean. I would never be on a fishing boat, to be honest with you. Um, but we're trying to get back with Jason, talk about how the baseball swing is similar to the golf swing. Um, and I've got some more questions that we can ask for him. But we're going to continue to try and uh, get Jason. Uh, he is, uh, his Twitter account is at Jason Bale, B-A-I-L-E, P-G-A. You can find a lot on there. Um, and he's, he's just one of the best. Uh, he used to be at Sea Island, then he was at Belfair, and now he's down at Jupiter Hills Club uh, working with such players as Darren Clark. Uh, his putting instructor within uh, the club is uh, Brad Faxon, uh, so we're anxious to talk to him about some of those uh, things that he's doing with those folks, and uh, Jason is one of the, uh, the top instructors uh, in the PGA professional range, but uh, first we're going to take a quick break and try and get Jason to come back on. So we'll be back uh, with more uh, on the Back Nine Boys Golf Show, trying to get up with a fishing boat down in Key West, Key Largo, uh, with Jason Bale. So we'll try him in just a minute. But we'll be back on the Back Nine Boys Golf Show right after this. Yeomans, Director of Club Operations at Sea Palms Resort, and you're listening to the Back Nine Boys on ESPN Coastal Radio. 
Back. I'm Rich Stiles. We're glad you're with us. We're uh, going to attempt to get back with Jason Bale on a boat off Key Largo. Uh, Jason, are you back with us? I'm back. I'd love to tell you it was a big tuna that we had to, uh, <laughs> to uh, get off for, but uh, it was just a loss of service there. I got you. All right, we talked about the baseball swing, so I've got to ask you this question. I played baseball batting left-handed. I've never played golf left-handed. I've played golf right-handed. What is the difference, and does that make a difference in your golf swing? Well, the biggest thing it would do is balance you out as an athlete so you'd be powerful from both sides, be able to use both sides in the golf swing. So, you know, we like, uh, you know, if we were developing a kid right now to, to play, we'd love to, love to see him hit left-handed and, uh, and uh, play golf right-handed. That would, that's a great athletic balance from a power standpoint. Okay. All right. So I'm not in a bad place. That's good. So, yeah, Jason, absolutely. what are the keys to a good golf swing? Uh, repeat that one more time for me, Rich. What are the keys to a good golf swing? Keys to a good golf swing. Well, we always say at Jupiter Hills that you need to do the ordinary things extraordinarily well. So we talk about that in terms of do you, does your grip and club face match up for delivery? Um, so we grip the golf club for um, impact, not for address. So we really make sure that the grip and the club face match up in um, a delivery position. Then we talk about um, alignment, um, alignments of the torso, alignments of the pelvis, alignments of the feet, and uh, given the desired shot shape. Um, and then we talk about tilts and bends, so the ability to get in good posture, um, have a good right side bend to the pelvis, um, put the pelvis in a neutral position. Any player, nobody gets worse from setting up better. So if we set the player up better, automatically things change for the better. So we always talk about doing ordinary things extraordinarily well. Our next heading is that we want to get the golf club to swing on plane, and then we want to get the body to rotate in posture. And that's kind of how we coach all of our athletes, whether they're uh, PGA Tour players, Champions Tour players, or our ever. All right, as we get older, can we increase club head speed? Absolutely. Uh, you just have to do it in the right way. Your brain, your brain is what keeps everybody from swinging faster. Your brain's only going to swing as fast as it knows how to do. And so um, things like speed six, Mach three, things like that open up um, uh, the neuropathways to be able to swing faster. But it's a training situation. Any player can swing faster. They just have to do it in the right way. Okay, you've worked now with a guy by the name of Brad Faxton that everybody knows is one of the best putters on the PGA Tour. Uh, what makes him so good at putting? Well, one of the things that makes Brad really good is Brad thinks he's a good putter. I'll never forget when we first started getting to know each other several years ago. We were sitting in the locker room having a drink after golf, and, um, and when uh, I, I, we were talking about putting, and I said, you know, Brad, you're, you're one of the best putters of all time. And he looked at me and said, one of? <laughs> like, you know, no, I am the best. I think, I think the mindset of knowing you're a great putter is, uh, is, is paramount. And then Brad always talks about uh, the simple things that he does as far as rhythm and how his routine uh, stays focused constantly. It's never really about the technique of the stroke. And I think that's where most people get off is worrying about their technique of their stroke instead of actually the external factors of what they're trying to do. And you, you, you put in a key word, routine. A lot of people do not have a routine. How important is that in golf, not only in putting, but in, in your whole golf game? 
Well, I think most people kind of have this this false sense of what a routine is, and and the routine is like I step in this way and I do this and I do that. It's more about the mental part of the routine as far as like picturing the shot or picturing the putt and really getting in tune with what your intent is. So we talk about hitting golf shots. We talk about where we want the ball to start, how we want the ball to curve, what's the trajectory of the shot. And we get more into that from an external focus rather than how I walk in with where my feet are and that type of thing. I think those types of things come secondary to your intent to hit the uh, shot you're trying to hit. All right. Jupiter has become, and we've seen in some of the golf magazines, a hot spot for the golf pros. Why is that? Is it all weather-related? Is it because there's so many good golf courses around that area? Uh, I, I, I think it's a, a combination of things, obviously, Rich. I mean, the weather's fantastic. Um, the lifestyle's fantastic. It's much like St. Simon's to a, to a certain extent. You know, it's kind of that that low-key uh, where you can go to the nicest restaurants in town and wear flip-flops. And uh, so there's part of that in there. Um, then the, these guys really want to play against really good players. So, you know, the, the, the off-week games are incredible with, uh, with the guys that they can play with, practice with, that type of thing. And then, of course, the golf courses down here are fantastic, lots of great clubs and uh, lots of challenging golf. All right, you've also had an opportunity, besides working with Brad, working with uh, Darren Clark, uh, a major winner, a big winner in Europe, a big, big name in the game of golf. Uh, how did you end up working with Darren? Uh, well, uh, Darren, uh, we actually had Darren in yesterday for three hours, getting ready to go out to, uh, he leaves for Hawaii tomorrow, and uh, to get started on the Champions Tour season. So Darren uh, lives in, um, in the Bahamas at the Abaco Club, and uh, we have a member there who's a good friend of the program. And uh, he just brought Darren by. Darren wanted to meet me and, uh, and, and kind of pick my brain a little bit. And lo and behold, we started working together uh, fast and furious and uh, had a win at the end of the season, a couple of second-place finishes. So, uh, you know, we just, we've, I think we've kind of been good for one another. Uh, I, get to, I get to pick his brain on things, and uh, he gets to improve his golf swing and his outlook on his putting and things like that with me. So it's been a great partnership so far, and we're looking for a great year. All right, so when you worked with him yesterday, what did you guys work on? <laughs> well, we started with the ordinary things extraordinarily well. Uh, we started working with posture and setup, ball position, just making sure all that matched the shot shape that he wanted to hit. Um, we had already been doing some work um, uh, towards the end of last year on getting the golf club a little bit more on plane. Um, and then we really worked hard on rotating and posture and getting this dynamic loft down. Darren grew up playing Lynx golf, so he likes to hit these um, kind of pinchy-type draws, but he really wants to fade the ball even though he's, a, he's, he's got a draw DNA. So it's been, uh, it's been some hard work to get him to get the loft of the club down. Um, in order to hit these kind of pinchy cuts that he really wants to hit. So we've worked really hard on that on a concept that we'll use uh, throughout the year. All right, why would a guy who's had so much success want to change from a draw to a fade? Because the PGA Tour players are stubborn as hell. And, uh, <laughs> and they're, that's, that's, you know, and all of them That's are, an honest answer. Are. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, Darren, as you get older, um, uh, don't you know? Most players aren't going to rotate better as they get older. So uh, the fade pattern does offer us an opportunity to rotate a little bit better through the ball. Um, and uh, Darren's plenty long still on the Champions Tour. He's, he's you know one of the longest players out there. Um, with the Open Championship this year being at uh, St Andrews, we really feel like we have an opportunity to still compete 
um, on the uh, on the PGA Tour at, at, at a major. So, um, so we're working really hard at those types of things to, to get his ball flight to match what he sees. So will you go with him over to St. Andrews since it's over there and it's uh, obviously the history over there is incredible. Will you go with him over there? Uh, there's probably a really good chance I'll end up there. Uh, you know, uh, so we, we kind of plan out the schedule. He's got some lofty goals this year that we kind of set down um, prior to the year and thought about. Um, I'm not I'm not one of the, you know, even my PGA Tour players, I'm only out there once a month or so. So I'm, I'm, I'm not with them holding their hand all the time. But right. uh, when they need me at a major or something like that, I'm more than happy to be there. Yeah, it's kind of a cool place to be. I mean, you know, how would you not, you know, say yes to – yeah, yeah, I'll go exactly. with no, you to St. Andrews. Being able to being able to coach a player at a major championship at the home of golf is uh, that's something on your on every coach's bucket list. So if uh, if he needs me, I'm there. Yeah, you better get a notebook because I think a lot of your friends are going to say, "Okay, will you get me this? Will you get me that?" <laughs> <laughs> I'll never tell them I'm going until I get. It. <laughs> yeah, but that you're going to get a lot of texts anyway. All right, so Absolutely. how much time should we as amateurs? spend on the short game compared to driving the ball, hitting irons? Well, I don't know anybody, including Darren Clark or Peter Uline or any of these other players that we coach who are are too good at the short game. Um, I think that uh, most players don't spend enough time there. I would spend at least half of my time if I were uh, – it's how we kind of talk to our, uh, our, our amateur players, our member players, is they need to spend at least half of their practice time um, inside of 30 yards. Okay, so another question. Irons. A lot of people have been going to hybrids because they don't hit their irons as well as they should, but they can hit the hybrids. So what are they? Confidence, obviously, is a big deal. Uh, is that the reason why they're hitting the hybrids better? Because they know they can hit them and they don't have the confidence in their irons? Absolutely. I mean, it, it, the, the hybrid's going to hide some swing flaws, which is what it's for. Um, but most of the time, the player doesn't hit. They hit hybrids better than they do their irons based on where the low point of the swing is. So a hybrid's going to be more forgiving when the player tends to have a low point that's too close to the ball or slightly behind it. They're going to get much more out of it. Um, if the low point of the swing's not far enough forward, they're not going to get the compression that they're looking for with an iron. Um, and so that's why they tend to hit those hybrids a little better. Um, so it's either solve the swing issue or play a hybrid. I, I think playing the hybrid is an awesome idea. All right. So if they are going to be stubborn, as you say us golfers are, uh, how do you recommend improving your impact with your irons if that's a weakness? Uh, I would start with uh, the club face, make sure the club face is really square with the grip. And then the second place I'd go is uh, into the backswing pivot. Um, most players are, when they make a pivot, uh, they're trying too hard to get behind the ball and their pressure in their trail foot works towards the outside of their foot and not towards the inside of the trail heel. Um, so when that happens, uh, think of it as your pelvis kind of swaying to the right a little bit. When the pelvis sways and the pressure gets to the outside of the foot, um, it's really difficult to make the downswing pivot and land the club in the right spot. And that is going to improve. So if you're does ball position come into it? I mean, if you're hitting them behind the ball, you need to move the ball back a little bit so you're hitting the ball, not the ground, obviously. Uh, yeah, ball position is obviously a, a, a key fundamental, but ball position should match the grip more so than anything. So a weaker left-hand grip or lead-hand grip, um, the ball position tends to be better played more uh, up front. 
Um, think about Jose Maria Olafable, very weak left hand, very forward ball position. And then if the left hand or the lead hand is pretty strong, then the ball can be played a little further back. Uh, think of uh, David Duvall or Paul Lazinger. Um, so the ball position needs to match the grip uh, just based on when the club's going to square in the swing. A stronger, a stronger left-hand grip player is going to have the face square earlier in the swing, whereas a weaker left-hand player is going to have the club face square later in the swing. So it's just you know getting on the practice range, working on your weaknesses to improve them and to continue to work with your positives in your game. Absolutely. And, and, and employing a coach that, that has your best interest at heart that's going to think about the simple fundamental things with you and make sure that those things aren't off track. And picking a coach, that's a great question that you just brought up. Picking a coach is also important, not only for your game, but how you to relate, because that is a key. Sometimes an instructor and a golfer don't relate because of whatever reason. So you need to interview somebody you want to work with, and they need to interview you if, to see if it's somebody you would like to work with. Absolutely. And you need to, you need to have a really good concept. I mean, like, uh, you know, this offseason with the players that we coach that play for a living, uh, we've spent a lot of time working on the concept of what we're trying to do with each player for the year um, so that uh, we can fix things in very simple text messages or videos um, uh, while they're on the road, um, and we want small adjustments. We want them to own the process of what we're trying to do so that throughout the year of traveling and playing different events and the ups and downs that go with playing tour golf, um, that we're never far from our concept. We're always working towards that and that the player really understands that. The same goes for any amateur player as well. We need to understand the concept of what they're trying to accomplish. So intent when you're playing golf is better than having incorrect or two highly uh, expectations. Yeah, you need, to, you need to absolutely be sold out to what you're trying to do with each shot rather than worrying about your golf swing on the golf course. Worrying about your golf swing or your technique is something you do on the practice facility, but, uh, but when you're on the golf course, it needs to be about shot shape, trajectory, uh, uh, where your target is, how your tempo, rhythm, balance, those types of things that are all the external factors about when they're playing. Yeah, one of the things that I found that has improved uh, my play is picking a target. And I never used to do that, but I found when I mentally pick a target, whether it be a tree branch or a house or whatever on the golf course, that it improves my golf swing and where it ends up. Yep, and, and, and sometimes the target's not the flag. Sometimes the target's not the, not the center of the fairway. Sometimes the targets are... Are, are different than that based on where the fat part of the green is, where the fat part of the fairway is, and, and where trouble is. Yeah. Jason, are you going to be at the PGA show? Yeah, I'm gonna, I've got to speak one day there, so I'm going to run over one day. And, uh, uh, by the way, my wife's got a really – She must have uh, uh, caught a big one on. We just lost you, but – Went all with the tour players, so we'll, we're, I will only be there one day. All right. Well, Jason, hopefully we'll see you down there. Uh, continue your uh, – ec- uh, trip with your wife. Uh, tell her happy birthday and uh, thanks for being with us from Key Largo. You got it. Thanks so much, Rich. Always appreciate the opportunity to be with you. All right, thanks. Jason Bale, Jupiter Hills Club, uh, on a fishing trip with his wife and the captain. And we just thank you for being with us here on the Back Nine Boys Golf Show on ESPN Coastal. Catch us every Saturday and Sunday from 8 to 9 right here on ESPNCoastal.com.